who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone and welcome to episode 87 of the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountas and i have a special guest with me today which i will get to in just a second eric is off this week but we have something super, super cool for you, and I'm excited for everyone to hear it. If you're not following us on Twitter, guys, please do. We're at PPW Podcast. That's where all your favorite fun interactions come from, all the fun pictures and retweets and figures and other wrestling junk everybody shares with each other. And Twitter is how this whole interview slash guest host project started today. If you want to support the show, you can head to whatamaneuvernot.net pick up one of our t-shirts and that helps go to pay for the server cost of the show helps keep the show for free for everyone out there that listens to us really appreciate everyone that listens really appreciate all our podcast friends such as the guys from the fully posable podcast you can find them at fully posable our friends over at the ringside podcast at ringside podcast our friends at the our vantage point podcast a really 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 awesome show they do every week and I think they just did episode 250, which I will be listening to on the way to work tomorrow. So make sure to follow those guys, one, for the awesome sound quality, but two, for the great drops and the fun retro wrestling content. Really like listening to those guys. Uh, we really love the Lapsed fan over here. Check them out as well. Everyone knows Eric and Barry at Doing the Favor. Make sure you're following the Doing the Favor podcast. They do two shows a week, uh, one on wrestling, one on figures, and I think merch sometimes. You could follow them. At, I just had their Twitter handle up here a second ago, but then it went away. At Doing the Favor, yes, at Doing the Favor Podcast. And then this will lead into our interview today. Slash, I keep saying interview. It's more really, really more of a, a special guest. A breaker for the Breaker and Main Power Hour. You can follow them at BPPH918. Don't worry, we'll get a lot more plugs in for them as the show goes on today. This week's show is all about Halloween Havoc and kind of Halloween wrestling and Halloween in general. This show was a suggestion from Jeff at the Fully Posable Podcast who said, I really want to see Steve and Breaker do a Halloween Havoc show. So I reached out, said, Breaker, you want to do this? He said, hell yeah, I want to do this. And that led into today's show. I'm not going to talk too much more, and I'm not even going to do an outro for today's show. The interview was done last night, so I'm going to put the interview in right here, and that's all you're going to hear from me for today. So thank you for listening. Listen to this episode, and Eric will be back next week. And don't worry, we still get our fun outro music. So enjoy this Halloween Havoc show with a Breaker and Bane Power Hour. Special guest, Brian Breaker from the Breaker and Bane Power Hour. Okay, we are going now to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he's on the line. What's up, man? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Sure, we've got uh, 
you you probably know him from uh let me let me go ahead and you you plug your own show you're a podcaster you're used to promoting so start plugging your own show <laughs> i will shamelessly plug anything you want me to plug so yeah uh, my name is brian breaker i am from the breaker and baines power hour podcast uh it's me and my buddy bane we've known each other uh since seventh grade um and big wrestling fans. He, I, you know, I was an aspiring pro wrestler for a number of years. He was an aspiring musician, but also a wrestling fan. So we thought, you know what, let's, uh, let's get together and talk about, uh, talk about everything. You know, it kind of started out as mostly just wrestling, but then we've kind of evolved to a bunch of other different things. And, uh, yeah, we have a really, really fun show. We've got uh, all kinds of different guests and different segments and stuff. So just try to kind of like this show. We just try to keep it fun, you know, have, yeah. uh, talk about all the good stuff. And it's funny you say like how your shows evolve because I think, my favorite part of listening to you guys is the first like handful of minutes where you're kind of like trying to figure out what the show topic is before you get into it. Sure. Uh, because that happens to us all the time. We'll go off tangents and I know sometimes people get mad about not having formats, but to me, sometimes they're the most fun. So the breaker and Bane power hour, you could find you guys on iTunes, uh, pretty much wherever you get your favorite podcast from you'll feed right into. Yeah. And it's like I said, we've been, we actually are about to hit our 300th episode, which and, is. Yeah. I heard that yesterday when I was listening. I think I was listening to uh, 295 or something. So what's yeah. anything special? Any reveals or you know, not really yet? So we actually have a, a very big reveal. We're going to okay. throw at everybody on episode 300. It didn't, it wasn't like if we planned it, uh-huh. but we kind of had something come up and we were like, well, let's, cause I was going to reveal it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, dude, we're like, we're right at 300. Let's. Yeah. just reveal it then and, and so that's kind of that's been our goal um last couple of weeks like we'll reveal that at episode 300 because when you hit those milestone numbers it's almost like well we got to do something special but what do we do you know yeah. and so i kind of fell in our laps and it's worked out good okay well be, be on the lookout for that guys remember the breaker in bane power hour they're out uh, they have a show every week unlike us who we are pretty much bi-weekly to semi-weekly as, as it as it happens. So you could follow Brian on Twitter. And real life gets in the it gets in the way of podcasting, doesn't it? It it does. And the big thing is is I have two kids, and my 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 co-host lives relatively close to me, but he's got a life too, and he helps take care of his parents. So it's just like, eh, what are you gonna do? But you could follow mm-hmm. uh, Brian on Twitter at Breaker. Or I'm sorry, at Brian Breaker O D R, and then the Breaker and Main Power Hour official podcaster if he is. Was it BBH something like that? BBH nine one eight. BB BBPH nine one eight. Yeah, it's just I always just search Breaker in Bane and it shows up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it's all. I mean, yeah, if you find one of us, you'll find all of our stuff out there. So yes, uh, you had a recent episode a few weeks ago on the fully posable show. A lot of Harley race stories. Which, yes. if you guys haven't checked out yet, it's worth it. Even if this and this is for people that aren't necessarily figure fans because i have friends of us that are like eh, you know i'm not really a figure guy and that's fine but check out there's a few special episodes those guys have done and your stories about harley race because you actually get to train with him or he was one of your trainers the stories you have are fantastic so check that out guys yeah that that was that kind of again that obviously he passed away back in august and uh they wanted to do like a who did it better on harley race figures and i was like mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely i'd like i'd love to come on there and you know he hasn't had a, a ton but it, it was kind of fun talking about all those and then just getting to share a bunch of fun stories. And as I was telling them, new ones kept popping in my mind. I'm like, oh, I got to tell that because it's hilarious, you know. And I'm so glad you did because it, as you guys will hear, if you check out the interview, if you haven't already, like the, the interview wraps up about four times. <laughs> it's fantastic because the story yes, keeps going. Yes, it does. It just great. keeps going. It keeps going. I'm like, hey, you guys have enough footage over there? <laughs> right. <laughs> Either way, that's, that's always good to do. So thank you for doing that and jumping on. Uh, this week's show, 
uh, we have special guest on because we're talking Halloween Havoc, and I don't even know how we got paired up to talk about it. I think someone tagged like, oh, I want PPW and Breaker Bane to talk about Halloween Havoc somehow. And we did. I feel like that was uh, that was that was Jeff from Fully Posable that probably aligned that up. Okay, because um, I'm always talking about all the ridiculous things of, of pro wrestling in the past and how much I I just love it, even though it's just sometimes it's cringeworthy, but I can't help it. I just love it. Okay, so when when were you born, or how old are you? So I'm thirty. I'm thirty four. I actually okay. just turned thirty four, right. and uh, I was born in October. So. That also has a good tie into Halloween Havoc because I would oftentimes get to order that pay-per-view for my birthday. That's awesome. So we'll get into that in a second, like our first memories of this. And I'm 35, so you're like right in our wheelhouse of we have a weird nostalgia feeling for wrestling that's terrible to most. But to us, it's like right in that sweet spot of, of greatness of being a kid. And uh, last week on our show, we did SummerSlam 94, and we were talking about how, look— this was a down period for wrestling, but for us, it was like the peak. Like it was fantastic during that time. So it's interesting. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think when you, we always look at things we liked as a kid a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, than sometimes when you are an adult and you look back on it, it's like, God, that wasn't all that good. But for the most part, like when I could watch wrestling from, you know, my, my wheelhouse is like 91 to like you said, like 94. Cause yeah. that's when I was the biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Until like the attitude era kicked off, but any of that, any of that stuff, I just absolutely love it. Yeah, and as I was going over some of my notes here and kind of rewatching some of the havoc segments and things like that, I found I'm like, oh, I've got 93, 94, 97 is like my favorite times, 91, and uh, we'll get into that. Now, let's before we get into Halloween Havoc specifically and the WCW pay per view event, where you were born in October. Now, were you a Halloween kid? Did you love Halloween growing up? Did you love all the spooky horror stuff? Uh, so I wasn't, I'm, I'm actually still not a huge horror fan. Okay. Um, and actually me and Bane have talked about this on our show, how we love, ho- you know, holiday themed films. We love Christmas movies. And with Halloween, it's like, man, it's hard to find like the Halloween themed stuff. that's not just like crazy slasher. And, sure. I, and I don't mind the crazy slashers all the time, but. I, I don't want just that. So it's like, you know, there's like Ernest Scared Stupid. Yes. <laughs> not a ton of, you know, just like the goofy Halloween type movies. Focus, so, focus. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. And yeah. Uh, But yeah, I love I loved Halloween as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I still love it today. You know, like um, I'm always I'm talking to my niece and nephew like, so what are you guys going to be for Halloween? You know? Yeah. And uh, getting to take them trick or treating and all that stuff is always always fun. It's a uh, and, you know, it's it's one of those holidays. I think it's it's interesting because we're, we still have to go to work kids still have to go to school it's but it's that fun time where maybe that one day at work you get to dress up you yeah. know the kids get to dress up at school you know you're gonna have a fun evening maybe a pizza party or oh yeah or whatever it is but it's, it's a good time yeah and i that was kind of the same way where i'm not a huge horror movie fan like i, I i'm not like go to like horror cons and, and all that stuff or like chad from the horror movie barbecue my buddy who's crazy into that stuff but i do enjoy the goofy Halloween stuff. Like I love like Halloween junk food. You know, I love Halloween. Oh, definitely. The Halloween Oreos are exactly the same, but they're orange, but to me they taste better. Um, the costume stuff like that. When I was a kid, we used to have the pillowcases and go trick or treating all night. And then like pretty much when you're in high school, it kind of fades out Then you can party again in college sure. and dress up for, and drink with it. And then now that I have kids, right. I'm kind of reliving it again. So Halloween goes into cycles a little bit. I found and, that's where Halloween Havoc kind of falls into it, and we'll get into that in a little bit too. Uh, 
what about any costumes, any wrestling themed costumes you've had either as a kid or even as an adult over the years or friends you might've seen have awesome Halloween costumes. So yeah, um, actually when I was in kindergarten, so okay, I'd great. Been five, uh, I, was, I love it already. I, love it already. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I was Hulk Hogan for Halloween. Mustang. And, and it was, <laughs> I had a big mask. <laughs> uh, it was actually like a, like a Walmart, yeah. you know, like it, it was like a costume I actually bought. Uh-huh. Now this is where it gets hilarious because unbeknownst to us, my best friend was the macho man mm-hmm. <laughs> and totally just like he shows up that day and he's the macho man and I'm Hulk Hogan. It was just like, Oh, and like we were the only two kids in the school that were wrestlers. Everybody else was, you know, Ninja Turtles and Batman yeah. and stuff like that. But I thought that was so cool because we were basically, you know, we were the mega powers and uh, had, it was totally by accident. That's great. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I always liked, and I think that's the thing with Halloween. Like my nephew this year, he, he, he kept, changing his mind what he wanted to be he mm-hmm. finally landed on on spider-man but i think that that's a big decision as a kid because once that year's over it's gonna be a whole another year before he gets to pick another costume so it's it's a big decision it is it is and it, i remember there was a few i've had growing up and i wasn't i only had wrestler costumes ironically when i was past college when i was in my wife and i were well my now wife but my girlfriend at the time were in an apartment together i did a few wrestling costumes but uh when I was a kid, I remember, I don't know if you ever remember, they used to have like, the, it's called like pals or paws or something makeup kits. And there was a Legion of Doom specific makeup kit that I wanted so bad. But Oh, I, that's awesome. I didn't know that. But I passed on it. And it was at like a store called Omni, which I would kind of compare to a grocery store, Costco type of place. Now they're, they're long gone out of business, but they're around here in Chicago. And I just always regretted not having a Legion of Doom costume. Uh, although one year at a fair they did face painting and I was the, they did the ultimate warrior face paint on me. So I'll count that as well as being a ultimate warrior costume. I'll count that too. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I remember being at a school carnival Uh and uh, I was probably fourth, fifth grade. And of course they had a face painter there and she's just painting, you know, right. um, Baseball bats or butterflies. Yeah. Basic stuff, basic stuff. And so, um, me and my friend walk up to her and like, can you make us the Legion of doom? <laughs> and of course she has no clue who they are. And she's like, well, if you get me a picture and but keep in mind, anyone that's listening to this, this is, you know, mid nineties. Yeah. Nowadays I could Google LOD real quick and boom, there's like 10 examples uh-huh. right there on my phone. So we're like, huh? Okay. So we're trying to explain to her what it is and even trying to draw it out on paper the best we can. Of course, Hawk's design was a little bit easier to, to yeah. comprehend. Animals oh, yeah. is a little bit harder, mostly with the spider, but she did the best she could. But we we thought that was pretty cool that we were got to dress up like Hawk and Animal at that school carnival. So were you just basically describing to her what it looked like, or like? Yeah, well, yeah, basically, like I was like, well, it's kind of like these like big spikes, and they kind of go down his face. And of course, yeah, I, I got the Hawk paint, but it. She couldn't do that very well because of my hair. Uh-huh. He, he had that the the bihawks, so that it went all the way up like the side of his head. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, we we kind of drew it out best we could. She had some paper there, and you know, like I'm no artist, so it didn't turn out as good as we were hoping. But you know, I think for the most part, if anyone knew who they were, they kind of got the gist well, of it. Well, that will fall into our theme of cheesy wrestling as we as we go along here, as we talk more Halloween. Absolutely, havoc, the Halloween havoc. Yeah, and then I think the other costume I had, I was Roddy Piper. One year, I was Macho Man Randy Savage uh, one year as well. The Piper was a big hit because I wore a kilt at a bar, and that was a big hit to wear that in college. Absolutely. Post-college. And that's like, 
that's that's easy to pull off, right? You need a hot rod shirt, mm-hmm. a kilt, and then maybe a black leather jacket. You're good. I didn't have the jacket, but so this is somewhat related to like figures. We we're talking about Jeff from the Floyd, and Scott from Fully Posable. So I wanted the foam Intercontinental Championship because that was the only belt that Piper had. And to me, whenever right. I I don't know about I'm nuts. I'm weird. So whenever I see someone dressed up as a wrestler for Halloween at a bar or wherever, now as an adult, let's say someone's dressed as Hulk Hogan. And they have the WWE belt they got from Walmart. I'm like, Hogan never had that belt. You can't wear that belt and be Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I had to go find the IC title. And it was impossible to find. It was the Jack-specific one. Finally, someone on eBay had it. I paid way too much for it. But I did get two uses out of it because at my wedding, I had people walk out as wrestlers. And like to be introduced to the reception, and one guy was Mister Perfect, so he got to wear it twice. So at least we got some use out oh, of it. There, you, there you go. <laughs> I like it. Yes, but I'm crazy like that, so it still drives me nuts to this day because I'm a weirdo. Well, I think with costumes like that, like if you ever go to like a, a comic convention or anything, and you mm-hmm. see people that just kind of throw something together, it's like, no, you didn't even try. But like when you see the people that like really went all out, you're like, okay, that guy's got my respect. He <laughs> he really put some thought into this. Yes, he did. Uh, our friend, I don't know. If, I'm sure you follow Ring Skirts, Nate. He's got a few great costumes. You want to follow him, guys, on Twitter at Ring Skirts. He's been Sergeant Slaughter. He's been the Mountie. He's been Brother Love, and he goes all out. So make sure to check his Twitter feed for some of those pictures on that. Yeah, Nate's got he's got one of the coolest twitters out there. I love like the mm-hmm. the new Titantron he has. It's unbelievable. Yes, and and he's got you know his archives of photos. He'll randomly pull it like he's doing WCW ones now, which will go into our theme too today. Like WCW Saturday Night, like '94 Disney Studio style, which is my favorite WCW. Absolutely. Okay, so let's get in this little bit of Halloween havoc talk here. You are an October baby. You got to get this for your birthday. What is the first, I guess, Halloween havoc memory you can think of? And also. Were you, have you always been down in the Oklahoma area growing up, or did you move there? No, I, I've I've always been from here, okay. and um, I, yeah, I moved to Missouri to train with Harley, but that's when I, you know, was more or less an adult, I guess. So, um, so WCW NWA that was pretty prevalent for you guys growing up down there. A little bit of both. Okay. Um, I think when uh, the Attitude Era hit, mm-hmm. WCW was actually more popular. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know this is just from my perspective because I remember that we had a WCW house show. The only name on the card was Goldberg. He is originally from Tulsa, so that kind of makes sense why this happened. But he wrestled the Giant that night, and like the whole like the the building was sold out. We never had sellouts in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Like two months before that, they had WWF, and it was a main event was Austin, Kane, Undertaker, and uh, Mankind in a four way. And, you know, it was like half half full building. It's crazy. So WCW, yeah, I know, right? And, like, you look at it now, it's like, I remember that WCW house show. The opening match was Vincent versus Gentleman Chris Adams. So <laughs> we didn't have the A-team there, you know. It was it was literally, basically, Goldberg was the star. The Giant was the star. Then everything else was, you know, Saturday Night Guys. Yeah. But, but, yeah, WCW was hugely popular at that time. Yeah, the reason I ask is because... So I look back now, and apparently Chicago was a hotbed for WCW, NWA. But to me, as a kid growing up, I was somewhat oblivious to it pretty much until, like, 93, when I started noticing Clash of the Champions on uh, TBS. But it's crazy because I watch pay-per-views now on the network. It's like the UIC Pavilion is sold out. Like, they're jam-packed. And so that's crazy to me. But that's the only reason I bring it up because I was curious how prevalent WCW was to you growing up. Um What's your first, I guess, Halloween Havoc memory that you have? 
So my first Halloween having memory is is funny because this this event will probably come up a lot uh-huh. uh, during this podcast because it's one of my all time just like if someone were to say name a pay per view you remember it's going to be Halloween Havoc '91 but for all the wrong reasons uh-huh. and uh, I remember watching this as a kid and keep in mind I was born in '85 so we, you know we were both pretty young at this point mm-hmm. I was probably six I guess yeah and I remember you know I was at my dad's friend's house there was a bunch of you know adults and a few kids we're all just watching i'm sitting on my dad's lap and i distinctly remember an electric chair being in the ring right yeah and i remember rick steiner suplexing abdullah into the chair and then of course you know all the sparks go off but years later i started thinking i'm like did i actually see that like surely i didn't actually see an electric chair in the ring because Uh that's insane. Like that didn't really happen. And it wasn't until like years later when I actually, you know, had the internet and could look it up and, and all that stuff that I actually was like, well, that, I guess it did happen. Like That was real life. And when the WWE network launched Halloween Havoc 91 was the first thing I tried to watch because I wanted to see that match again. And it's not like I, I knew it wasn't good, right? I knew it wasn't yeah. a, like a classically amazing match, but there was something about that event. And then just those memories of, of the electric chair and all the the craziness that followed coming down to the ring. But, but yeah, that, that would be the first Halloween having memory that comes to mind for sure. So it's so funny. There's two parallels with that story between you and me is one is you, the first thing you looked at when the network launched was Halloween Havoc 91, because you had this memory of it and you wanted to see it. The first thing I looked at when the network launched was Halloween Havoc 98, because I wanted to see Hogan versus Warrior 2. I never, ever saw it, and I've always heard how bad it was, and I was never able to see it. So I finally got to see it. And then also, you were at your dad's friend's house watching a pay-per-view with the kids and the adults, and that's one of my first pay-per-view memories was Survivor Series 91, I was with my dad and at his friend's house. He had like a cheater box. That's why we went there to watch the pay-per-view. Like, sure. I'm sure my dad and his buddies were drinking beer. Like, here, here, kid, go away. <laughs> go watch wrestling. And uh, I always think about, like, watching that show back. It's not a great show, but it's special to me. I'm like, I wonder what my dad thought. Like, oh, my God, what is my kid watching? Like, Undertaker coming out and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so I'm sure your parents thought even more crazier stuff watching electric chairs. Well, it, it, well, it's just so ridiculous, you know. And, and that, that whole event, like, going back and rewatching it, they're, they're in the big cage, right? Yeah. But there's like, there's cap coffins or caskets, I guess, around the ring. And at one point, like a mask guy comes out of the, the casket and just and Scott Steiner starts beating the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. No explanation. No reason this happened. It's just all this goofy stuff. And then all these like, almost like druid looking guys with white faces come down to the ramp and like kneel on the ramp. Nobody knows why they're there, what they're doing. And then Abdullah and Cactus Jack beat him up on their way out of the building. It was just totally insane chaos the whole the whole match and this also so when i was going back in the network like the first i guess spooky theme wcw push was kind of 90 but in 91 they really pushed the spooky halloween theme like looking back here oh so yeah halloween havoc 91 it was in chattanooga tennessee uh eight the 8900 people were there so that the what was it called the chamber of horrors match i was about to call it the chamber of death match but close enough <laughs> cactus jack Abdullah the Butcher, the Diamond Stud, Big Van Vader, Steiner Brothers, El Gigante, and Sting. So these aren't like jobbers. These are like the top of the WCW ladder here for the most part in this opening right. match. And, and, and what's funny is if you look at the rest of the card, that match, I think that show has like 11 or 12 matches. Yeah, it does. Which, which is a lot. But if you look at the card, because Sting, the Steiners, Cactus Jack, Big Van Vader, Abdullah, they're all in one match. 
it's like I think match two is uh, PN News mm-hmm. and the, uh, Big Josh against the Creatures, which are clearly a jobber team. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, why is that on pay-per-view? Well, because the rest of your stars were in the first match, you know? And then also this is the pay-per-view that throughout the theme has the, the WCW Phantom who was revealed to be yes. ravishing Rick Rude. And were you, so you're watching this. Did you know who Rick Rude was? Were you watching WWF? Was this like a big shock? Like, oh, my God, Rick Rude's in WCW? I remember it being a big shock, but I don't think I really comprehended the different companies okay. completely. You know, like I, I didn't, I mean, I knew that like, obviously Sting was in WCW, Hogan was in WWF. Like I knew that, but I didn't, I don't think I comprehended what that actually meant that mm-hmm. like he was, he was there now. Um, watching it back years later, it's funny because the Phantom wrestles a match as against Tom Zink. He hits the rude awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, which again is just a neck breaker. Nothing nothing crazy. But Tony Schiavone's on commentary is like, Hey, uh, I kinda I kinda look like a rude awakening. <laughs> so they're totally giving it away. Uh-huh. And then the, the part that I laugh out about the most is later in the show he comes out to do a interview on the stage with Paul Heyman, who's basically you know, he's poly dangerous. He's introducing him to WCW. He's got his phantom gear on, but but this point he's wearing his ravishing Rick Rude tights mm-hmm. the cameraman's at a position where you can actually see the end of like the the waistline of his tights yeah and the the reveal is he takes the mask off then the rick rude music plays and everyone's like oh rick rude's in wcw but it's like you're giving this away for five minutes while he's sitting there in clearly in ravishing rick rude tights it's just i think that's like classic wcw of they have this I mean, for them, that was probably one of their biggest acquisitions as far as a WWF star coming over to WCW. I mean, yeah. And it's so badly executed. Right. And you look back now at those WCW shows in 90 through 90, pretty much till Hogan gets there in 94. Like the production is like, it seems like it's top notch, but there's so many little mistakes you notice now looking back at it. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't notice this as a kid. You could see why they were doing so poorly. Yeah, and I think in, in this particular show, and I would like someone to go back and, and explain to me why this is, because me and Bane have watched this. I made Bane watch this show like two or three times. Okay, <laughs> like we oh we got we got to watch Halloween Havoc '91. He's like uh-huh. oh, I can't watch that again. And I'm like <laughs> no, we got to. And uh, when they do the Chamber of Horrors, the set is kind of looking like a haunted house, uh-huh. and the guys walk through the front door, which I think that's kind of cool. It's a little campy, but it's cool. Yeah. Well, later in the show, it's just like you see the WCW logo and it's just a big silver curtain right behind it. Yeah. So, so why does it change? Like, yeah, like why? Why is it that way? Well, and because the first I still match have no is, idea why. The first match is a horror match. The rest of the pay-per-view is a regular pay-per-view. That's why. It's simple. <laughs> there you go. Simple. <laughs> My first Halloween Havoc memory is Halloween Havoc 92, which the whole reason for that is because Jake the Snake went there. And I remember watching yeah. some WCW shows, either Saturday night or whatever it was, and they were pushing this Chamber of Horror match. And I, re- or not sorry, the Chamber of Horror match, the Spin the Wheel Make a Deal match with Sting and uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. And they pushed it so much on WCW Saturday night, and they pushed it so much in magazines. I remember I had a PWI where they listed them all. And PWI is a magazine, for those who haven't read it yet, is, is written completely in kayfabe. So they were breaking down the different match types. And I'm like mesmerized, but what could possibly happen? I'm like, here, I've got them all here. There's the Texas Bull Rope match, the Spinner's Choice, Russian Chain, Dog Collar, I Quit, Barbrier Cage, Lumberjack with Belts, Prince of Darkness, Texas Death, Coal Miner's Glove, or First Blood. 
Now, out of all of those, the worst possible one was picked, the coal miner's glove yes. match. Now, I was, like, praying for a first blood match because this is 92. Blood's pretty much gone away. You know, and me as a, I think Mortal Kombat was, had just come out or was about to come out, so blood was, like, all the huge thing here. And I was just... And for some reason, they didn't gimmick up the wheel, so it was a coal miner's glove match, which basically meant the winner got to wear a coal miner's glove and punch the other person in the face with it. That was like the deal. And and what a weird what a weird gimmick match, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I've never actually seen one of those live. I remember at one point I was wrestling for a company here in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and I had pitched as like, "Hey, I want to do a coal miner's glove match," just because I thought. That's the stupidest thing ever. Like I want, I want to start doing the worst gimmick matches possible, just to entertain myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's just that's a that's a doozy of one right there. Yeah, but I I was just so pumped about it, and then the match itself gets ridiculous. Like Jake the Snake gets bitten in the face by a snake. Like that's how the match pretty much ends. <laughs> right. Again, classic WCW. Uh, but this one also had this was more of like a slasher spooky theme with Jake the Snake because he was the first evil character to come in. And this was when I started realizing, okay, WCW and WWF are different. And I used to think when I was a kid that WCW was real and WWF was not real. And when Jake went over there, I was like, oh, so he's really going to fight now. And then, you know, I I, I watched the pay-per-view. I think I uh, got my dad's friend to order it through his cheater box for us. And I was, even as a kid, I was like, that was really lame. I was really disappointed because I wanted Jake to win too because I was a big WWF fan. So even then, I was, it was thought it was lame. Well, and Jake's one of those. He's probably the second big acquisition from the WWF to WCW. Unfortunately, his run didn't last very no. long. But but that's an interesting observation where you thought like the WCW that was the real stuff, and WWF that's oh that's just the entertainment stuff. Because I remember being in high school mm-hmm. and a kid. I you know I I, I didn't put it out there that I liked wrestling just because yeah, everyone's got their opinions and it's whatever. I don't care what you think. So yeah. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't deny it, but I didn't, I didn't put it over like crazy either. And I remember this kid said, you look, you like wrestling, right? And I was like, and he goes, I hate that stuff. It's all fake. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And he goes, I like ECW. That's real. That, that was <laughs> and it made me, too. it made, yep. yeah. And it made me think, you know, it just, it made me laugh. Cause I'm just like, you know, I mean, I'm, how stupid are you? You really think that this one wrestling company is the real one? Mm-hmm. Come on. Well, at least, I mean, how that was at least in 97, 98. This was 92. I was a little bit younger, so at least there was that. Sure, yeah, 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 exactly. As a kid, yeah, of course, yeah. And I still defend it, because if you logically go, if you watch these old, like, NWA shows, they do a lot more realistic style of wrestling. Like, they try to punch and hold, whereas WWF was all high-flying and big characters. So I stand by, I was right. I was justified in my thoughts as a young, as a young kid here watching these shows. Definitely. Uh, I don't want to get too much into 92 Halloween Havoc my other, because it's not a great show. It's not even like a fun, bad show like 91 Halloween Havoc is. It's just bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, what are Well, I think that's like the ahead. transition period, too, with yeah. Bill Watts and, and all that stuff. So, yeah. It is. And ironically, I did watch a lot of 92, 92 WCW because I watched Super Brawl 2 with Sting and Luger. And I was super pumped that Jesse Ventura was there because that was his debut in WCW. So they're snagging, That's right. Yeah, they're snagging a handful of guys there, trying to do what they can, but it, it didn't work out for WCW until Hogan got there. No, it didn't. What are some of your favorite matches of Halloween Havoc? Because I have, I don't know, I've got like five or six listed here. So maybe yours, some of yours, and mine will be the same. So go down any any you can think of. 
Okay, so I just actually rewatched this event. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Halloween Havoc 97. I think it's probably the, the best Halloween Havoc match in history, according to most everybody. Yeah. And that, of course, is uh, Eddie Guerrero versus uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. for mm-hmm. the Cruiserweight title. And um, that, of course, that match, you know, I mean, Chalk Line made a jacket of it. You know, it's it's a big, it's a big match that people talk about. That one definitely stands out. Um, I, I haven't watched this match in a while, so I'm not going to say I think it was amazing, but Hogan and Flair in the cage in 94, I, I distinctly remember. I wrote that um, down, And too. again, that's... I was a big fan. And that, yeah, and, and that was, Hogan had been there, but this was like, he's kind of starting to... Because he just showed up for that one match and the parade and all that stuff. Now he's actually like, he's the champion, he's defending the title, and Flair's career's on the line and all that stuff. So that one definitely stands out for me. Um, I really liked uh, Rick Flair and Rick Rude in, okay. in 93. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Cactus Jack and, and Vader in 93 had a, a really good match. Yeah, that's one um, I tell people. I think people kind of sleep on that because everyone remembers kind of like, everyone knows Vader and Cactus Jack had a feud, but this... This 93 Halloween Havoc match is like a barn burner. They beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, so go ahead they and did. watch that. Especially considering what was happening in like 93. Yeah. It was way ahead of its time, that match was. Yes, it was for sure. And Harley Race was Vader's manager then, wasn't he? I believe he was. He was. And, I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, he told Mick Foley, like, if you do not hit him, I'm going to punch you right in the face. And so that's what gave uh, Foley the inspiration. Like, well, I don't want to get hit by Harley, so I'm going to go hit Vader. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and then I've got a couple ones I have. So I have Lex Luger versus Brian Pillman at Halloween Havoc '89, and that one stood out for me. This is going to be funny because one, I'm I'm like an unexplained Lex Luger fan. Like even as a kid through now, like I just I just love him. I love, love the total package. But Brian Pillman, I used to have those WCW collector cards that every every kid had. They must have been on sale at Kmart or something where everybody got them. And I, I had, had a box of those, yeah. and I got them for three bucks. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got them, and they're worthless. But they're, they're those yellow WCW cards. Um, but I had a bunch of flying Brian Brian cards, and I liked his trunks because they looked like a football helmet. Because obviously they were inspired by the Bengals. So this one stands right. out for me as a lot too. It's a really good match if you guys want to check it out. Kind of unexpected. Um, you wouldn't expect Luger to have like a five star match, but him and Pillman really tore the house down at Halloween Havoc '89. So go check that one out. Uh, I I also had Ray versus Eddie. That Ray versus Eddie one, I rewatched it kind of trying to be skeptical because you know sometimes matches don't hold up over time, and I rewatched right. it recently and like from the moment Ray comes out for his WCW music, which was just great that dun 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 dun, that they don't stop like from bell to bell they don't stop. There's no working an arm. There's no anything. They just go nonstop. So it definitely, and I think you up. could put that, yeah, you could put that match on an indie show anywhere in the world today, mm-hmm. and the people would be going crazy for it. And then, it, plus, like, it legit really holds up. And then Ray's got his awesome gear, the full-on body, suit, yes, the purple body suit is just fantastic. Uh, another one, well, and then also too, like yeah. uh, Eddie's ripping the mask and stuff. It's yeah. just there's a lot, there's a lot to that match. It's really cool. Yes, and some of the stuff at the time, I remember, I, I didn't watch that one live. I watched it the next day because my friend gave me the tape of it. And, like, I remember that was the first time I saw someone jump and do a front flip over the ropes, the top rope to the floor. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened. Like, it blew my right. mind. Um, another one I have is DDP versus Randy Savage from Halloween Havoc 92. Oh, that, you know, I almost said that one. That's a good one, yeah. It's probably the best match of their feud, I would say. At least to me it is. Oh, and they had the 
the feud of the year in 97, if I remember right. But yeah, they, they wrestled like four or five pay-per-views. I want to, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that I just watched that one too. Cause I was on that show and awesome match. Yeah. Uh, uh, so one of the, uh, my friends and he's, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of him, but uh, KB from KB wrestling reviews, he's reviewed pretty much every show you could ever think of. And I was looking back at some of his reviews for these Havocs and he talked about Halloween Havoc 97, which we mentioned two matches from it. And he goes, the, the only thing that sucks for this show is you have two matches that probably could have been considered match of the year, but you had Bret Hart versus Steve Austin this year, so no one was going to touch that. And it's true. Yeah, it's that's true. true. Yeah. Um, but still, to me, they're, Halloween Havoc's a better pay-per-view from 97, so they win in that sense because WrestleMania 13 is miserable except for the Austin-Bret Hart match. It, it, yeah, well, and that's and that's so true because me and Bane, we, we watched Halloween Havoc you know, 97 just reviewed it um, just a couple of weeks ago. And um, that was one thing we both said is like, this was like legitimately a really good show. I mean, there was some stuff on there that didn't make sense. You know, Disco Inferno versus Jacqueline comes to mind and, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. But for the most part as a show, it, it really held up. This is also the event that had that chaotic Piper versus Hogan cage match where they had the st- fake stings come in, and there wasn't, like, they beat the heck out of a guy they weren't sure if he was a fan or not, and Macho Man jumped off, like, this 20-foot cage to the into the ring. It's just a crazy match. That match is a mess, but it's the mess in the best way possible. And we talked about that because I, I wondered, like, if maybe they didn't, because I could see them in WCW, like, getting there late mm-hmm. and not actually seeing the cage ahead of time, and maybe Savage is like, I'll climb up to the top and jump off, <laughs> thinking it's a 10-foot cage. And then he gets out there and is like, oh, my God, this thing's like 20 feet because it is huge. And it's and off the it just ring does a little it anyway. bit, too. It's off the ring a little bit, Yeah, too. It's not in the apron. Yeah, so so scary. And, you know, we we talked about this show because, of course, you know, in current day wrestling, they just had the Hell in the Cell match with, you know, Bray Wyatt and mm-hmm. Seth Rollins with a lot of controversy. Well, this show, fake stings show up in the DDP Macho Man match, mm-hmm. in the Hogan Piper match. He's talked about all night but never appears on the actual pay-per-view. And I'm like, in this day and age, people would go insane if that were to happen. Yes, they were for the false advertising and and all that. But so, in the main event after when of this Hogan versus Piper match, it seems like the fake Sting fan that they beat up, Hogan is throwing like works punches, but Savage is really punching him in the face. So I don't like your back to your theory of Savage showing up late makes more sense than I could think. He didn't know this guy was in. Well, on it. yeah, be. Because it's almost like even there's a guy that that jumps the rail and starts climbing the cage. Yeah. But they're shooting him with the camera. So you're like, and I, so I don't, does the cameraman not know? I mean, cause it's very possible. He doesn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, if Hogan wanted to change something last minute, he's going to, but like Doug Dillinger's trying to grab <laughs> this guy. And then there's a fake scene. Like you said, there's work punches, but there's some, some live rounds thrown as well. And it just kind of ends in a huge mess where you're just like, what's going on. But at the same time, that was kind of, what wrestling was at that point where it's like, got to tune into nitro tomorrow night to see what's going to happen. Because it was just, that's what they did a lot was chaotic finishes like that. So it wasn't really out of the ordinary, but yeah, it's a totally different presentation than we would have gotten today completely. It is. And I basically, what we're saying is go watch Halloween Havoc 97. That's a great show to watch from top to bottom. Even with disco versus Jacqueline, go watch it. And the amazing match that is Steve Mongo McMichael versus Alex Wright. Um, and, and <laughs> don't be knocking Mongo. He's on the bear, 85 bears. He was at Starcast. He signed a helmet for me. Thanks to uh, my buddy, Jeff went and hooked it up for me. He signed a bears mini helmet. He was a four horseman. You leave Mongo alone. 
<laughs> well, I, I will say the be- the craziest part of that match is Goldberg comes out for a run-in, and he had just started with the company. He spears Mongo, and Mongo's head hits the bottom rope. And mm-hmm. WCW rings were known for having, like, elevator cables. Yeah. I'm telling Bane, like, he could have snapped his neck, like, legitimately. So let me ask you a question it, as, as a guy who's who's wrestled. Cable ropes or actual ropes that are taped, what's the main difference you see as far as either hitting them or being thrown off them? Like, what's the main difference for you? So the, I haven't done a lot of real ropes. Yeah. Um, except for the, like, the NXT ring. Yeah. But um, I have had rings where they, they've used real ropes, but they're real thin. Mm-hmm. And I've never liked those because I feel like, you know, I'm a 200. 60 pound guy mm-hmm. hitting a rope that's kind of flimsy makes me nervous so yeah. i always have preferred cables just because i feel like if a rope were to break it's way less likely with a, a cable and with real ropes too a lot of people don't know this is every so often they have to stretch them so the ring crew is responsible for that so what they'll do is they'll have them you know the normal length and then they'll tighten them down mm-hmm. and then they'll wait two days pull them tight again tighten it back down and then, you know, they have to do that two or three times to get as much of that slack out as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot more work to the real ropes than, than people realize. So me personally, I've always preferred cables just because I feel like that's a much safer way to go. But, I mean, like Mongo hitting his head. I mean, that it, they do hurt. I mean, I mean, it's a it's a steel cable all the way through that um, that PVC. So it does hurt if you don't hit it just right. And um and yeah, like that was a good case of point where I'm like, that could have ended way worse. Yeah. And I guess what what's funny you say that about being nervous, hitting real ropes if they're thin, being a big guy. To me, whenever I go to shows, like pretty much everyone except for WWE uses cable ropes, it seems like. Uh, when I right. go like into some indie shows around here, I'm like, man, those those cable ropes are so tight. I'm just waiting for one to snap and like whack everyone in the front row in the face. Like that's what makes me nervous because they're swans. It seems like they're wands so tight, but I guess they have to be. Oh, it yeah, it, it could happen. I know um, a lot of times, most rings, not all of them, but most rings have either an X pattern mm-hmm. of cables underneath, and what that does is that because if you keep pulling the tension on the on the ropes all the corner posts will start turning inward. Yeah. So you have to have some at the bottom to alleviate that pressure and stuff. So um, I haven't seen, I've seen ropes break, but not to where it's would go out into the crowd. It's usually kind of just breaks and kind of comes downward, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's still something to keep in mind for sure. Oh yeah. Well, look, you, you learn here on the PPW podcast with our, our buddy breaker here from the breaker and Bane power I- hour. You could catch them every week on iTunes, wherever you get your podcast from, by the way. Yes, and I have tons of useless information for you. Listen, like I said, my favorite part of listening to you guys is listening to you go off topic. So do never never stop that. Formats are great, but never stop going off topic. I, I appreciate it. Like we I always want to throw some type of a curveball at Bane just to keep him guessing, you know? Okay. I do that too. So I do that to my co-host sometimes too, but like he gets like mad because he'll just stand there in silence like, wait, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. It's always fun. I, I could talk. Oh, I could talk forever. So I'm not worried about dead air ever. And uh, he, right. he he mentioned that once too, where he was like, "I'm never worried about it because you'll just fill it up with something because you have so much useless information in your head." And it sounds like you're the same way. So it's perfect. Well, anytime every now and then, Bane will say something, and I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I don't think that happened." Because he was we we a couple of weeks ago we were talking about John Morrison uh-huh. returning. Like there was rumor that he was returning. Yeah. And he's like, he's former WWE champion. I'm like. Uh, no, I don't think so. And he's like, "Yeah, he will. Yeah, he is." And I'm like, 
no, I'm pretty sure he's not. And, and I didn't know for sure, but I didn't think that he had won it. And he's like, get on his phone, like <laughs> searching, like, he's like I, I know I saw a picture of him holding the belt. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mean he was a champion though. He's like, Oh, that, yeah, you could be right. <laughs> so <laughs> just, it's always good throwing, it's always good throwing curveballs out there. It was a fan's belt at like access. He was holding during like a QF picture or something. Yeah, he ended up finding the picture and it, I guess it was leading up to a big pay-per-view match with the Miz. Okay. Um, years after their split. And I guess he held it up on a raw. So. Well, there he knew go. what he saw, but he, he wasn't writing his facts. Yes, the the pit that was WWE in 2011, so or 2010, oh, yeah. 2011. All right, now we got to talk about the most ridiculous. We've talked a lot of ridiculous things so far about Halloween Havoc. I don't think anything will hold a candle to the big monster truck Bigfoot match between Hogan and the, the Giant at Halloween Havoc '95. I mean, do you oh, think yeah. what's worse? I mean, you're not wrong. I guess we got to debate what's worse, Abdul getting electrocuted or the giant getting pushed off the top of a building and then wrestling a few hours later. Like, what's worse? Or what's more ridiculous? You know, I, <laughs> I that's hard to say, right? Like, what is the most ridiculous? I have to say it's got – the monster truck thing is a weird thing to me because I know there's people that are into monster trucks, but – I remember them selling that. It's like, it's man versus man, machine versus machine. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, yeah, okay. But I, it's not like they're in monster trucks. Yeah. They've got protective equipment on. I'm not, that, I mean, you know what I mean? Like they're not going to hurt each other. But it was like a sumo uh, match of the monster trucks, basically. They had to push each other out of the circle. Like, yeah. Uh, a, a weird crossover. I mean, for sure. I mean, as a wrestling fan, I and I've seen that since, but I didn't watch it mm-hmm. when I was younger. But that just doesn't, there's nothing about that's like, oh my gosh, I got to order this pay-per-view. You know, this, you're doing monster trucks. I got to get it. There's no, there's no appeal there for me at all, but yeah. And then this is also the famous pay-per-view where the Yeti comes down, AKA the mummy and dry humps Hulk Hogan, um, for a few minutes awkwardly. But before that, I I did, I did hear a story about that where I guess Arn Anderson was the agent uh and that was, um, Ron Reese, I believe was the Yeti. Yeah. And so I guess you know, they've got him like a mummy, which is just, okay, what, why not? And I guess he asked Arn what he should do. And Arn, I guess, kind of had told him, like, do whatever you think feels right or something something like that. Uh-huh. And so that so he came up with that where they kind of like humped Hogan, obviously. Yeah. And I guess he gets to the back and Arn goes, not that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> After it's already done, like I can't believe that's what you just did. So that, yeah, that will definitely go down as one of the all-time just like what is happening moments ever. I think uh, as far as WCW, and and at this point, like they're like Nitro's already out there. Like they're getting some steam built up. The NWO hadn't happened yet. Yeah, but a lot of things are starting to go well for them, and that's what they put out there. Uh, so I'm going to go off topic. The and then we'll get back on. So you're Arn Anderson. Reminded me of a story I heard. Uh, I don't know. It must have been 2012 or so. Uh, CM Punk was here, and there was a comedy show that Marty DeRose was on, a few other people. And Punk came like as like a surprise, saying like the day I was like, "Hey, he's gonna be here. He's gonna do Q and A." It was like 10 bucks. There's like 40 people in like this tiny, tiny hole in the wall in Chicago. And he was pretty much uncensored Q and A, which was awesome. And someone was like, "Do you have any good Arn Anderson stories?" He goes, "Oh." He goes, I'm not going to say the guy who he was talking about. He goes, but this guy has a match. You know, he it's this horrible match or whatever, Punk says. And he comes back to the back and asks Arn Anderson. He goes, so anything I can do to improve? 
He goes and Arn leaned back in his chair, put his arms over his head, and said, "Fucking kill yourself." <laughs> that was his advice. To him. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've actually heard stories along those lines before. Definitely, Arn's. I think I, you know, he's got a podcast now as well, yeah. which I think is awesome because mm-hmm. I've always heard, you know, on on TV he was always super serious, but I've heard, you know, and I've had limited interactions with him, but. I've always heard he's one of the funniest guys in the wrestling business. So yeah. I think he, a lot of funny stories there. Well, who knows? It's like, well, Tony Schiavone too. Like he's, he's got hilarious. He's hilarious on his show. It's just, you never know. Oh yeah. And, and like, that's one of those things where like Tony Schiavone had been so far removed from wrestling when he did that podcast. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking it's going to be what it is. And yeah, quite funny. <laughs> every, every time I listen to that show, I'm just crack it up in the car. So what was it? What oh, happened? When? Go watch, go check out Warden yep. podcast plugs to everybody. What happened? one check them out too um <laughs> so back to 95 halloween havoc before the monster truck thing is ridiculous enough the yeti thing is ridiculous enough but the most ridiculous thing they're on top of what like a vegas hotel was the mgm grand they're on top of i think i think was. they're actually in detroit for that one yeah you're right that um, would make sense the monster truck you're right you're right yeah and i i think i i think they were like on the building across the street or i i can't remember exactly but yeah he supposedly he gets tripped up trying to grab Hogan, and he falls. And, of course, you see Hogan looking over and go, oh, no. Oh, no. But it, Is this supposed to happen, brother? It's like a <laughs> uh, like a cartoon-esque, like, arms waving, whoa, 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 off the top of the yes, building. Yeah, it's just so – well, and at that time, if you go back and watch, like, WCW Nitro, mm-hmm. there was a, a vignette that they did where Hogan got zapped into the actual – dungeon of doom where uh-huh. it's like the set that they had and like you show me he's like waking up and it's like a dream sequence he's like there's no hulkamaniacs in here <laughs> it's just, that's it's so it's so bad and and i had i had heard at that time like like they were just trying to make him comfortable yeah and what hogan was comfortable doing was wrestling the big unstoppable giants mm-hmm. so okay we'll put all these guys he likes working with in a stable and that's what they had so that may be true, but that's, oh, it's so bad. Yeah, Kevin Sullivan said that. Like he talked about. That. I think I heard an interview where he was like, "I was trying to make him comfortable," and I was like, "I mean, how comfortable did he have to be for this?" Like, oh my gosh. right. But we love it, and the Giant somehow survived his, his fall to win the WCW Championship at this pay per view as well in his first match. Yeah, and, and when he walks out there, of course, Hogan's doing the uh, promo. Oddly enough, Hogan's wearing black because it's kind of showing that the darker Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. and. He's doing the promos. Like, that's you know, it wasn't supposed to go down like this. That was a long way down to the to the parking lot, brother. And so the giant comes out, no neck brace, but no, no scratches, no mention of it either from the from the announcer. Right. It just it's almost like that they were like, yeah, we'll go ahead and film this. We're not sure if we're going to air it or not. And so the giant walks out there like no problem. Hogan's looking like like he's seeing a ghost. No one in the crowd's buying it. Nobody is in any way like I think just out of their mind with this it's just like okay yeah it's wcw halloween havoc was also known for their fun awesome sets like the graveyards or like the inflatable pumpkin any like oh yeah memories of that or like what what i'll put it like this way what was what is one halloween havoc set that you would want to bring back like was it a pumpkin is it the the tombstones what do you want to bring back you know i i think Oh man, that's 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 a hard one to, to say because I, I do love I do love the big inflatable pumpkin. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And that also kind of works because 
Halloween decorations, a lot of people have the big inflatables outside. So this was like that just times 10, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. I I really like the graveyards, especially like in the the DDP Macho Man match you mentioned earlier. (laughs) Paige actually hit Savage with one of the fake gravestones. I thought was really cool. Um, But I still like the 91 too, where it was like a haunted house and they kind of walked out the front door. Yep. Um, If this, this is an event, I mean, obviously they haven't, there hasn't been a Halloween Havoc in 19 years now which is crazy to think, but if this is something they ever brought back, they could really make this a killer set today. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if WWF or WWE is not going to do anything with it, then sell it to someone else that will like, let them buy the rights to Halloween Havoc. Let someone do something with it, you know, at least for us. Well, And what's funny. Yeah. And I, I have bought a Halloween Havoc shirt off WWE shop. Mm -hmm. They utilize their logos in the video games. So it's like they, they have tested the water. They know that there's a demand for it. It's like, I mean, they brought back Starcade. They brought back the Great American Bash at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, either sell it to the competition or do something with it yourself because it's awesome. Clash of the Champions they brought back. I mean, come on. Let's, let's bring yeah, it back. Yeah, it's another guys. one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when I met Eric Bischoff a few years ago at Starcast, he, I was like, what am I going to get him to sign? And I didn't really have anything. I was thinking of like a foam WW, WCW title, like, and he had NWO on it. But then I'm looking through like my random VHS tape collection. I have a tape, the best of WCW Halloween Havoc. I'm like, you know what? You should sign this. So I bring it to him and he goes, you know what? He goes, Halloween Havoc was my favorite pay-per-view we ever did. It always was every year. I'm like, that's awesome to hear. I'm glad, I'm glad you hear that. And uh, Well, Tony Schiavone has, has went on record saying he always felt like Halloween Havoc was their big one. He goes, I know a lot of people think it's Starcade. To me, it was always Halloween Havoc, which I think is also, you know, the announcer's favorite as well. Yeah. And I also, that StarCast that same year, I had the, they had the Dungeon of Doom there, and I had them sign the rest of the tape. It's the Barbarian, the Zodiac, a.k.a. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and uh, Kevin Sullivan, a.k.a. the Taskmaster. And uh, the best part about it is, I'll tweet a picture of it out, the Barbarian, like everyone signed a paint pen, and everyone seemed to know, know how a paint pen worked, except for the Barbarian, who was pushing it down like he was carving into granite, so it like ran off on his end. <laughs> but to me, it's perfect because it's like a, it's like it looks like blood oozing down his signature, so it's perfect for me. I love it. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad the paint pen happened. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'll take. I'll shoot, shoot a picture out. Uh, yeah, so I'm with you as on the giant pumpkin. But if I were to bring one back, it would probably be the tombstones because I could think of all the fun puns they would have, like on the side. Oh of it, yeah, and like all the wrestlers they would want to have it, take inside joke shots at. Maybe you know, they could even put, I could see them putting a stardust. A tombstone or something like that, like taking a little cheap shot. I think that'd be awesome. Oh, for sure. But also, too, how cool would it be to see the Undertaker walk out on a Halloween Havoc set? Like yeah. that's event made for that character. It's a shame it, it never happened. You know, there's still time, and there's always the video games. But never give up hope. You know, you never. Who would think that uh, they, whatever, Cain Velasquez is going to be in WWE? It's ridiculous. Like, but but stuff happens. Oh never, yeah. Never say never with wrestling ever. <sighs> Completely agree. So what is your favorite overall pay-per-views of the Havoc era? Like one or top one, two or three that you have. And then I'll say mine. Yeah. So actually in, this is not, it's not looked at as a, as a great one, but you talked about Halloween Havoc 98 or there with the Hogan yeah. warrior match. I remember that was one of the first pay-per-views I ever ordered. And I invited a ton of people from my school I mean, I had probably 30 people at my house. So my uncles were there. Junior high, seventh grade. This is like the time uh, to order a wrestling pay-per-view. It's perfect. Oh, man. Yeah. And so 
Hogan and Warrior, the big return match. I mean, I know it was a stinker, but yeah. still, like that, when Warrior showed up on Nitro, that was a huge moment for everybody mm-hmm. in wrestling. And, I, you know, of course, we're thinking it's going to be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and, of course, so my dad was a uh, full-time fireman at the time, mm-hmm. and he had to work that day. And I remember he was so upset because even he was getting into wrestling a little bit. You know what I mean? Because right. wrestling was such a hot thing for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget we had, you know, back in that day, pay-per-view was a lot harder to get as you talked about the cheater boxes and stuff. But you had to hook that up, call the cable company, order it, and then it would it would descramble. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching it. All of a sudden, it just stops. And we haven't seen Goldberg and Diamond Dallas Page yet. And we're like, what's going on? You know, like, where's this at? And um, so my uncle gets on the phone. He's calling them. It's like, oh, yeah, I said Goldberg's walking out right now. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what is happening? Yeah. And, uh, of course, we all found out later that was actually a WCW error. The pay-per-view ran too long and um, and all that. Like, it, it was just a, a disappointing thing because the the night had been so great. Yeah, the ma- some of the matches sucked, but I miss pay-per-view parties. I think that's one of the most fun things of that era was everyone getting together to watch a Halloween Havoc or a SummerSlam or WrestleMania. Yep. And that's, it was just a fun, it was just a fun, fun time. And that's gone away because everyone's got the network. Like I'll just watch it at home. Like we don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to pool our money to order the pay-per-view. Right. Like we used to. Right. And that's good. But like, it's also like, uh, it's kind of fun. Like the only time we do that now is for WrestleMania is pretty much when everyone comes over. And even that's become a chore yeah. because it's so long. Everyone's like, well, it's 11. I got to go to work tomorrow. So I'm going to leave. I don't need right. to see the main event, but there's just little things you miss from the from the conveniences that we have today. But it's also awesome we have every WCW pay-per-view at our fingertips as well. So you can't complain too much. It's it's interesting because you look back at certain aspects back in the day, you're like, man, I wish it was still like that. And I, I always my one of my go-tos is like, man, I wish things were still like they were in the nineties, but I had my iPhone still. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> like the technology has let you know, like I you know, I know you obviously collect VHS tapes and mm-hmm. stuff and I miss movie rental stores. Like that oh, was yeah. one of my favorite things to go to and for video games, movies, wrestling tapes, mm-hmm. you name it. I loved it. And like I'm my niece and nephew, my niece is eight. She doesn't know what those are. Yep. And like, they're not going to know what Toys R Us is. So it's like, man, the world's changing. And it just, it gets disappointing sometimes. I have a theory that movie stores are going to come back in the next couple of years. Cause they're going to be vintage and they're going to be something fun to do. Like vinyl came, you know back. what? You might be right. Like it's it's slowly creeping in, and I don't know if you saw this, but Urban Outfitters tried to test market to sell VHS tapes, and really, yes, as as a thing. And I've noticed as a collector of tapes, they're going up ever so slightly. Like a tape that used to be fifty cents is now four dollars. It's just like it's little weird things, and like we have half. I don't know if, do you have half price books by you by chance? It's a chain out here. We don't, but we have used bookstores. Okay, stuff. yeah. So Half Price Books is like a general, they've got used books, used movies, used music, all that stuff. They're starting to take sure. tapes in on trade. And it's it's slowly creeping in. And what's happening, I think, is we talk about this a lot on our show about why wrestling value from like our era is going up. So it's because we're growing up, we have a little bit more money, and we want our childhood stuff back. So I'm starting, I'm, it might be way off, but if vinyl could come back, video stores can come back. <laughs> At least that's well, my you favorite. know, and I have another podcast I do called Back to the Nintendo yep. because I've always been into, you know, retro video games and stuff. And if you go to try to buy a Nintendo game that was released in 1985, chances are 
you're not going to get it as cheap as you think. Mm -hmm. And there was a period of time when those were 50 cents a dollar at most resale stores. Yeah. Now, if you see a Castlevania Contra, a more popular game, probably about 25 bucks. And that's crazy in some instances because it's like, there's no way I would pay that. But yeah. that's what they go for because they are collector's items. So you may be right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I mean, say that too. Like I'm, st I I go through phases with video games. Like some stuff, I'll really into them for a while and I'll stop. Now I'm kind of in like my retro game phase, where I went to my right. local disc replay. It's called, and they have video games, wrestling figures, toys. They it's a pretty cool like secondhand shop. It's basically a, a media store, and uh, they sell video use video games. I'm like, you know what? I want Sonic Three. And I go up there and they have, right. it was 30 bucks. I was like, oh my God. But it's, it's yeah. like, it's with the package. I'm like, do you have a, do you have just the cartridge? Like, no, but that's 18. I'm like, that's ridiculous. But it's what it is. It's what it's selling for. So it's, it's happening. Yeah. And yo, yeah, definitely. And like Nintendo 64 games, if you want to get like yeah. Super Smash Brothers, it's 60 bucks. That's what it costs new in like 98. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that video games have always been $60? Like that's nuts. <laughs> I've actually thought that too because I was like the consoles go up, but but yeah, like Sega games back in the day, I remember those being sixty bucks. Mm -hmm. And if you go buy a brand new PlayStation Four game, it's going to be sixty bucks. Nothing's changed. I mean, they set the market. They're like, this is what people are willing to pay. We'll keep it there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <sighs> okay. Now, those are your fa so your favorite event was that ninety eight one. At least it has a special memory for you. Yeah, and and maybe not favorite in like but a positive way, but it, like. That was a fun time in my life, even though it didn't end well at that particular <laughs> night. But but it was a fun, like, man, this is fun, you know, because I've always been a wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. But now, 1998, everybody's becoming a wrestling fan, you know, because yeah. it's popular. And, you had your and that's what made that fun. You had your buddies over. You probably oh, yeah. had pizza and soda and, your, and pop oh, or whatever. Yeah. It was a great night. Um, Absolutely. That's how it kind of was for us. Like, for me, like, WrestleMania 12 has a super special memory to me because I went to my buddy's house. One of my, my best friends still to this day. Like, we were up in his bedroom watching this pay-per-view. His mom was like, yes, I'll order it for you guys. Like, oh, my God, you're going to pay for this pay-per-view. And, like, even now, like, it's not a great event, but it's a special memory for me to go back and watch that WrestleMania 12 just because of the what I associate it with. Uh, for me, definitely Halloween Havoc, personal favorites is going to be 94 just for that Hogan Flair match. And also, that's when I started really getting into WCW because I was such a Hogan fan. I kind of followed him over to WCW, and he really pushed me to watch more of that. Uh, 98 as well, specifically for the DDP-Goldberg match that I did get to see. Our cable did not get cut out, so we got to watch the whole pay-per-view. We had, like, request on demand, request pay-per-view, I guess, and I guess in-demand went out. It was something weird, but we didn't get it because I remember my friend who had a cheater box said his pay-per-view cut. But mine didn't, so I ordered it, so I got to see that match. And I so wanted DDP to win because as a big WWF like fan and apologist, I hated Goldberg. And like looking back now, he was awesome, but I hated him because like he's a ripoff of Stone Cold. I hate him. I hate him. So I wanted DDP to win so bad, but when he didn't, I was very disappointed, but still a great, great pay-per-view for me to watch. Oh, definitely. And I think like 20% of the people lost the feed. So most everybody still got to see it. But, mm -hmm. and I know they replayed it the next night on Nitro, but that's, that's just not the same. Uh, now, the Chamber of Horror match, which we was one of the first things we started off with, I think that could be a cool exclusive pre order for the next WWE 2K game. Like the Chamber of Horrors match is an option for you to get. I think they need to do that. Definitely. 
you could electrocute, you know, I don't know, electrocute Sasha Banks or something like that at a, at a woman's um, chamber of horrors match. So that's what that's what we're pitching here on the PPW and Breaker and Bane combo podcast. We want that back in the game. We also want the pay-per-view back as well. So if you're listening, WWE, come on, bring it back or sell it to someone that will use it. Uh, yeah, and if they if they brought that back, like that would be, uh, you know, and I know like Jeff and Scott would probably agree with this. That would be a hot selling action figure set as well, just because it's it's iconic. Maybe not on the best way, but it is. And as a video game, and all the, like, imagine like or even like a special you know, edition T shirt, you know, like a T shirt. Yeah, totally. And like you could actually put the guy in the chair. You have to climb the cage, hit the lever. <laughs> you know, it would be awesome. Now I'm thinking for next Halloween, I'm going to make a I Survive the Chamber of Horrors match t-shirt. Do you think it would get shocked for copyright? I think I'd get away with it. That one you might. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say because WWE, they stay on top of that stuff pretty well. Um, even if it's like something they're not going to sell themselves. Like, you know, they'll, they'll, well, uh, I'll just they'll get, get it yanked down. I'll but... just add a Z. Chamber of Horrors match. That's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. Chamber Perfect. of Horrors match t-shirt. I love it. It's too late now, but next Halloween we'll have it. I Survive the Chamber of Horrors match. Oh, it, it, it's funny that they, they didn't bring that back during the Dungeon of Doom days because mm-hmm. that would have been, I mean, they did the big uh, Alliance then Hulkamania cage match. Like the Chamber of Horrors would have fit perfectly into that. Oh my God. You want to talk bad wrestling. That's, that's gotta be the top of the, near the top of the list that Alliance and Hulkamania triple cage match. That's gotta be up there at the top. That's, that's a topic for another show. Though. That's a whole new topic. With the... Right, and and that's what's I think the beauty of WCW because me and Bane were talking about this with Halloween Havoc '97. I'm like, you open the night with Ultimo Dragon versus Yuji Nagata. So if you classify most wrestling fans, they know who Roddy Piper is, they know who Hogan is. They're in a cage, they get that. This is the first match they see. They probably don't know these guys, but upon seeing it, they're like, that was awesome. You mm-hmm. know, like like you can get them to be fans of them because. They are on the show. Then you see a Chris Jericho. Then you see, you know, um, you know, I'm trying to think of who else was on that show. But so many, like, just really super talented up-and-coming guys. Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio qualify for that. Where yeah. maybe people weren't used to them on a main stage yet. But they're like, wow, these guys are awesome. And that's, I think, honestly, that's what made WCW so marketable in that time. They had top-tier guys. And then they had really good underneath talent. It's it's funny you say that because I've heard that narrative a lot from Eric Eric Bischoff and from like Chris Jericho and everyone saying, you know, all these like great wrestlers from Japan and Mexico and ECW that was kind of the undercard. Like that's what kept WCW near the top. And I believe it looking back now, but as a kid I just remember only caring about the NWO. And that might have been because I was such a WWF fan. Like I like refused to admit WCW was good even though it was. So maybe that's why, but it's funny you mentioned that because I think it, that was the case for most people, pretty much except for me. Like it sounds like I was the only one that didn't really care about those underneath guys, but now I love them. And uh, go ahead, go ahead. And awkward silence, <laughs> just like WCW. I'm oh, sorry, I accidentally had my microphone turned off. No, you're good. Go ahead. No, I was, what I was saying is that's what I think made made it so different for everybody because some people were super into the NWO. I certainly was, mm-hmm. but I'm watching these other guys, these underneath guys. And like I said, I'm just like, I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained. It's not like a throwaway match where, you know, if you look at the WWF at that time, there was a lot of throwaway there. Oh yeah. It was just like, uh, I don't Val- care about that. Val- you Road WrestleMania 13. <laughs> right. 
Right, exactly. You're like, ah, I don't care. Yeah. But you see the cruiserweights are like, I don't know if I care about this, but that's a really fun match to watch. It will keep your yeah, keeps your attention. Like you're not going to flip back and forth is, is what I'm saying. Right. Is what we're saying. All right. So before we wrap up here, if we, let's let's do a little fantasy booking, which I normally hate to do on our show. But in this case, I think it's warranted because I don't know if we'll ever get Halloween Havoc back. If you could take a Halloween Havoc, any of the past gimmicks that they used, like any couple of them that you wanted, and throw them into today's, let's see, WWE, next Halloween, bringing back Halloween Havoc. What gimmicks or matches? It could be anything from the set. It could be a match. It could be a theme song. You get to pick three. What are you bringing back? <clears throat> and if you need a second to so think about I'm... it, go ahead. Def, we'll definitely bring it back to the set. Like if they did a Halloween Havoc today, I mean, but which full on set? inflatables. Which set? Which set? Are you going to combine See, them? At the, I, I'm going to have to combine them to a degree mm-hmm. because I think, and this is why I say this, if Vince McMahon's going to bring this back, it's going to be better than anything WCW did. It's like he's going to have to put his stamp on it. You know so what? I think you need the graveyards, the inflatables, the, NXT, all, NXT, the whole deal. NXT could do a Halloween Havoc. Why not them? Oh, like, well, yeah, they did war games. Why not, right? Yeah. And they're doing I, it again. I would be they're, all doing, about it. they're doing war games again this in November in Chicago. Come come out and see them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. So there's your one. You got your but, set combo. Okay, we definitely got to have a Chamber of Horrors match without a doubt. And um, with or without think, electric chair. With or without electric chair. It's got got to have you got to have the electric chair okay. and I'll tell you why because either you're electrocuting the fiend or Braun Strowman. And I think like you could do it in a couple of ways where it either turns the fiend different or even turns Braun into a, a heel. I mean, you could do a lot of things there. And of course you're going to put your top guys in, you know, the Seth Rollins, the Roman Reigns. And, uh, you know, I, I would say for the, the baby face team, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, oh, maybe Braun, and then one more, um, man, I, I don't know. Um, it'd be hard to choose that last one. I'll have to think about that. But the heels, you got to have the Fiend. You got to have um, maybe Baron Corbin. He would work well because I think people would want to see him get electrocuted. Uh-huh. Uh, let's maybe, see. Maybe the crown, the crown protects him at one point from getting electrocuted completely. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, and maybe like a, like a Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode team or something okay. like that to kind of just mix it up. So you got like, you got your characters, you got your workers, you know, you got something that you could, you can make happen there. And, um, and yeah, and maybe, you know, the fiend ends up electrocuting Braun and he kind of turns into Frankenbraun or something like that. Cause I think they're doing something like that with the video game. So mm-hmm. that might be a nice little segue into making that a new line of action figures, new video game character, the whole deal. Yep. Um, I mean, I know that that in, in some ways could probably be considered campy and some people would hate it, but I don't feel like that's that much different than what they produce already. Yeah. They try a little bit. What was it? The Wyatt compound match with Orton. And Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the problem with that was is it was not in the arena, so it wasn't. It was just too much. Although we also just might be yeah. rose-colored glass glassing this thing, and it, it would be terrible, but we would love it. So that's okay. <laughs> this is just for us anyway, so we're gonna bring it back. Right, and and I tend to agree because I, you know, you look at like a buried alive match in '96. I thought was the craziest thing ever. Mm-hmm. 
if you did one today, I think it'd be kind of campy. So yeah. yeah, I mean, probably similar situation there. You got one more. What do you What do you bring him back? Mm-hmm. One more. It could so be, my it gut could be. instinct Go ahead. tells me the spin the wheel make the deal. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's what I'm leaning towards because actually Cactus Jack and Vader did that as well. Mm-hmm. And theirs led to a Texas death match. Right. So um, yeah, I, I guess if you, I mean, because Raw Roulette, I, they haven't done that in a while. But that was always a big hit mm-hmm. for them yeah. when they did that as like a must must watch show. So I think that that could be a big thing. And, you know, they obviously WWE could safeguard it a little bit and have the matches that they actually want to happen on there. So that, and, that could be something. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think overall bringing back Halloween Havoc, the lights, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I would love to see the commentators in costumes. I think that would be fun. Yep. Um, there's a lot that they could do. So that's, that's my number one is I want commentators in costumes. I don't want cheesy costumes. I want, I don't want, you know, like spirit Halloween costumes. I want phantom, like a phantom of the opera. I want definitely a, uh, the guy in the ghost face from scream. I want all that stuff. I want bad jokes with Corey Graves asking Michael Cole, why not to take off his mask? Like Jesse Ventura did to Jim Ross. I want bad jokes all the way around. So that's my number one. I want guys, everyone in costume backstage in costume, maybe even a match where the wrestlers are in costume as well. Maybe a, instead of a lumberjack match, you have like a ghoul, a ghoul jack match where everyone's dressed as like ghouls as lumberjacks. So that's my, I one. love it. I absolutely love it. Yes. Lumber ghoul match. Uh, I also, how want... great it would be if like they had the uh, ring announcer dressed like the fink, you oh. know, like they, I, I can't, I can't think of the guy's name, but the guy that's real tall, yeah. like make him like, make him look, you know, kind of fat and bald. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, and you could even do a whole theme show, maybe one year where everyone dresses as a former wrestler. Like, it'd be awesome. There's plenty of plenty of. Oh options. yeah, tons of stuff they could do. And then my number two is I'm gonna steal yours as well. I'm bringing back the set, but I'm doing the inflatable pumpkin because for people that are listening that may not know this, the inflatable pumpkin also kind of bounced, which made it amazing. Like when it when someone walked mm, past it, it did. Like it was really cool. It was it, this thing is massive too. It's not like a two foot pumpkin this was taller than the wrestlers maybe i don't know 12 13 feet tall really wide it was huge yeah think of it when you go to like home depot when you see like the halloween blow-ups it looks like that it's massive how crazy would this be what if they did this where the pumpkin's set up and all of a sudden you see a knife come through it Mm -hmm. and the fiend pops out you know we got that like he comes through the pumpkin he is he's him and undertaker are handmade for halloween havoc so let's bring it oh yeah it would be yeah it'd be awesome and you know what? I would settle for a Halloween Havoc theme Raw or SmackDown. I would settle for that right now. Sure. And that that would be a good test run, too, mm-hmm. to see if that's, like, something people would be into. And I think my last my last bring back, it's tough, but I'm going to bring back the spinning wheel, make the deal. Because I, I, I love the idea of it. I love the fact that it looks like a buzzsaw. Uh, that's that's gonna be mine, and I'm not gonna. But I'm not gonna gimmick the wheel. It's gonna be a shoot wheel. It's gonna be legit. Whatever it lands on, it lands on. But I'm not gonna put terrible match types on there. It's gonna be all horror theme match types. So I yeah, think, yeah. See, and I, I think that would be fun. I think we've got it. I think we've got our our Halloween Havoc. So anyone anyone from WWE is listening, you want to bring it back? Just listen to the end of the show. We've got all the tips for you. There it is. Well, I mean, like, we're giving this to them for free. They should be paying us for all these <laughs> amazing ideas. Maybe someday. <laughs> well, Breaker Man, thanks really much for coming on. This is a lot of fun. The hour, it's We're over an hour now, which flew by. Uh, 
You guys can follow Brian on his personal account at Brian Breaker O D R. And if you want to follow the Breaker and Bane, oh, hold on, I had your Twitter page up here. So we've got the Breaker and Bane Power Hour at BPPH918. And also you have the, what is it, the Back to Nintendo podcast? Is that what it's called? Yep, that's one I just started. Yep. Uh, I'm just And that's the as a side deal. We're just kind of exploring. Uh, it's at BTT Nintendo on Twitter. And uh, yeah, just a, it's a quick little about half hour show every Friday. So if you're into the uh, old school Nintendo stuff, I think you'll uh, I think you'll dig it. And, you know, of course, there's a lot of wrestling games on the Nintendo. So those will all be coming up as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I love podcasting. Love talking like with like with you today with like just, you know, fellow podcasters. Mm-hmm. It's always a good time. And uh, yeah, it's been, been a good time, man. It is, and uh, I have on. It's funny you mentioned the back to the Nintendo podcast. I just subscribed to it like two weeks ago, but I'm so behind on catching up on shows. I've been working from home lately, so I haven't had any commutes. Uh, but now I'm back to that. So I've got queued up for tomorrow your latest episode, which was in the Friday the 13th video game for Nintendo by LJN, and it's a. Notoriously, it was not a good one. <laughs> notoriously horrible game, but it yes. goes goes in with the theme of us talking about horrible wrestling that we love. So. Also check out that, the, the new Back to Nintendo podcast. But the Breaker Bay Power Hour is out every week. Make sure you subscribe and follow him on Twitter for all the fun, exciting stuff for that. Anything else Definitely. you want to plug or talk about before we wrap up? No, I think that's good. Like I said, I appreciate you having me on. And I know uh, I know old Jeff Toon from Fully Posable will be excited when uh, he sees that this drops with us talking all about Halloween Havoc because uh, me and him get into those where I'm just like, where he's always like, all right, what figures you want to see? And I'm like, dude, shark, you know, like that was before they made the shark. Uh-huh. And it's like, give me, give me Zodiac. Give me dungeon to do. That's oh what I want. Duke the dumpster. You know, I want the, I want the goofy characters. And so me and him have always kind of laughed about that. And, and you know, the Yeti falls in that category and stuff. And so he'll, he'll love all the ridiculousness of it. So uh, the, I, I think he'll enjoy it. And I hope everyone else does too. To me, the taskmaster is an easy home run. It's just Kevin Sullivan with a cape on. Like, come on, let's get let's get the right. taskmaster going here. And he has to have some type of deal with them. He's always on the network, like talking about old WCW stuff. So he's got to have some type of contract, right? Give him a, give him a figure. Yeah. Well, and Zodiac. I mean, that's Brutus Beefcake, and he's had figures, so that that should be a layup. Oh man, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but when I met the Dungeon of Doom, it was ever so. Starcast is a great event. I don't know if everyone's ever been there, but they do. Uh, stretch the truth a bit on their meet and greet advertisements. So, for example, the Eric Bischoff meet and greet was supposed to be on a nitro set. He was in front of a brick wall, which was fine. But right next to him was Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, and they were taking pictures in front of the nitro backdrop. Let me tell you how pissed off Bischoff was. He was not happy about that. It was hilarious. Yeah. He was not happy. Also, the Dungeon of Doom photo op was advertised as the Dungeon of Doom in their gimmick costumes, which meant Kevin Sullivan in a Canadian tuxedo. It meant the bar. <laughs> it meant the barbarian in sweats, and it meant the Zodiac with a white plastic mask he drew with Sharpie on, which he held over his face. And to me, it couldn't have gotten any better than that. Well, I mean, yeah, because you know, you when you see like in their full costumes you're thinking like oh yeah that's the full on the, yeah, the, the white paint. hair sticking up the yep. face paint and you know all that all, yeah, yeah but obviously that's not gonna happen so, so. be forewarned starcast is a great time but be forewarned i mean 
I don't know if you've seen the Baltimore lineup for StarCast. They've got freaking RoboCop coming to that thing. But not the real RoboCop. The guy that played RoboCop on the WCW pay-per-view. So that's awesome. Uh, of course. Stuff. Of course. That's a real thing that happened too, people. Yes, RoboCop. Capital Combat. RoboCop helped Sting. You know? You, you, so you, great. I actually I actually have a t-shirt of that. I think people will enjoy this story. Mm-hmm. Where it's like that entire card I kind of hand-drawn. I bought it online. It doesn't say Capital Combat. It doesn't say WCW. It just has like Sting and RoboCop and then the Horsemen on it. I wore that one of the when I did my New Japan tour, and Kenny Omega walked by me and kind of looked, and they did a real long double take. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Nice," <laughs> kept walking. I was like, "Yep, that's why I have shirts like this." <laughs> I think we're gonna end the show on RoboCop stories because I have one as well. But uh, Love Peter, it. Peter Weller, who played RoboCop in the movies, um, he's also a stage actor. And my wife, right. when she first moved here to Chicago, she worked at a place called the Goodman Theater. And she was sitting in the audience watching rehearsals. And Peter Weller um, said a line in the play that was funny. So my wife and her co-worker laughed. Peter Weller stopped the performance and said, Who dares laugh during my rehearsal? And he was dead serious. So Wow. So now my wife always goes fucking robocop (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah we love it people taking themselves too seriously i guess i mean i don't know like when you're robocop like come on (laughs) robocop was great all right we're gonna talk about we'll we'll go we'll talk full robocop if i keep going we gotta wrap up here it's getting late i got work tomorrow Thanks, man, for coming. I really, really appreciate it. Guys, make sure you're following in the Breaker Bane Power Hour, the Back to Nintendo podcast, all that stuff we've plugged a million times. Thanks for coming on. This was so much fun. More fun than I could have imagined. Thanks, man. Definitely. I can't wait to do it again. It's not a real time for